exactly what it was like to you know interview for a fortune 100 company what are some of the best practices that i used to prepare and that i was successful for and i realized that again there's a constraint in that you're listening to the teak nation podcast with donnie aldrich where we strive to educate inspire and entertain you with tips and lessons from frauders and friends of tke thank you for joining us Hey, what's going on, Teak Nation? This is Santos Lara. I'm going to be filling in today for Donnie Aldridge here on the Teak Nation podcast. And today we have a special guest, AJ Eckstein, who is actually a member of the Beta Sigma chapter at USC out in Southern California. Um, AJ, I'm going to give you an opportunity here to just go ahead and introduce yourself to Teak Nation. Awesome. Thank you so much, Santos, for the introduction. So a little bit about myself. So I recently just graduated from USC, from the Marshall School of Business as well, uh, with a minor in the engineering school. And really when I, I graduated, I really felt that I had a responsibility to continue to give back. When I was at school, I relaunched uh, a Latino business organization. I'm half Hispanic, and I really felt that I had a duty to help other underrepresented students and also a lot of transfer and first-gen students. I was also a transfer student. And you know, during this time at USC, we're actually able to scale this organization to over 150 members and have multiple corporate sponsors. And my favorite part about the entire organization is really giving back, helping people, and getting those emails or text messages saying, thank you so much for the career advice, thank you so much for the resume review, and thank you for maybe introducing us to these recruiters at you know, whatever company it was. And I really wanted to carry that forward before I started my full-time job in consulting. And given that my start date was pushed back due to the pandemic, I thought instead of just maybe sitting on the couch and you know, watching TikTok and doing things that weren't productive, I thought I really had a responsibility to give back. So that kind of takes us to where we're at today, where I founded a career coaching company where our main mission is not only to help USC students, but students across really the, not even the country, across the world. We work with all types of students, no matter what year you are, where you are in the world. And our goal is to share the best practices that you know myself and all of our coaches on our team have learned and to get you back on track because a lot of people are stuck maybe they're unemployed and maybe they're just having a tough time recruiting so that's kind of where i'm at today i'd love to you know talk more if you have any questions about the career coaching company and about the, the lbsa at usc perfect thanks for the intro aj honestly i, I want to talk a little bit before we dive into some of the the tricks and tips and things that you offer from you know the company that you started but Let's talk a little bit about what it's like founding a company and starting a company up in the midst of a pandemic. And so if you want to share maybe some of the, the struggles and things that you faced at first, and then perhaps we can move into, you know, the most enjoyable part and some of the highlights that you've seen thus far with, with starting your organization. Absolutely. So I would say for, for anyone out there who maybe is an aspiring entrepreneur or wants to one day kind of work for themselves and, and kind of you know, run and manage a team, it's definitely scary at first. Um, everyone thinks, I mean, there's a facade and people think that, you know, you just set your own hours, you work less and, you know, it's all just rainbows and, and sunflowers. But it really is a ton of work, especially working from home with this company as, you know, the other, basically the rest of the world is also working from home. The work never leaves. I mean, I'm working seven days a week. Things are always in my mind about strategy and how to better optimize and be more effective for our the students that we work with. Um, but I would say some of the pros and cons, the biggest pro, um, I do think setting your own schedule and kind of working around what you think is most important is, is super helpful. And then also really being able to, to you know, think of a strategy for the company 
and really see it through. I'm, I'm a four-time intern and I've interned for you know tech startups ranging to Fortune 100 companies like the Walt Disney Company. And I've had an amazing time interning. But what I would say the hardest part about you know being you know um, a work at one of these companies or an intern is that you can't really have or add that much impact because there are so many people who have been there for years and years before you and they just have more responsibilities. So really running your own company, you're able to see your strategy through. And I'd say that's the biggest pro for me because you know I'm fine taking um, the beating if it doesn't go well, but I also am very happy to take the success when it, if, if it and when it does come. So that's the biggest pro. And I would say the biggest con is that, of course, you know, running your own business, if things, if you don't do something, no one else will. So you're the leader of the company. So you really have to, you know, lead by example, set a good example, not just with your work ethic, but strategy, making sure things are running effectively. So I would say the hardest thing is you always have to be on your A game. And, you know, if things are not going well, you really have to turn them, turn them around. So I would say those are kind of the, the biggest pros and cons of, of running your own business. Cool, man. I, I appreciate the the insight there. I mean, you talk about right going and and being a part of of a team as an intern, and and what that lo- looks like can be you know tremendously different to what you know you're describing now. As you know, you're the CEO of this. You really get to ensure that strategy and ensure that that dream. I know, you know, when I came on to to Teak staff, that is something that we you know we strive for. Whether it's your first year or whether it's you know your twentieth year that you really do have a say and you're really there to help further the mission. And so I'm glad that that's something that, you know, you took from being an intern that you can put in place as a CEO. And so let's talk a little bit about what it looks like with, with building your team out, right? I know you have a, you know, the team that's helping with the day to day, but at the same time you have these coaches. And so let's talk a little bit about what the coaching looks like and how you guys are looking to build up uh, that coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a great question. So from the start, I actually, thought of this more as just a way to give back and help other people. Uh, given that I'm a full-time intern, I'm, you know, work, I'm going to be working in consulting in a few months. I've really you know, been around the block and seen uh, a ton of different industries, work with recruiters from my student organization at USC, and I've been in a multitude of interviews, both getting offers as well, and I'm proud to say this, also getting rejected because people look on LinkedIn and people think that everyone's super successful, but what you don't see on social media or on LinkedIn or anything online is that there still are a ton of rejections and it's really about how you bounce back. So going back to your original question with coaches, you know, I started off doing all of the coaching and it took a few weeks and I was just, my, my schedule was packed. I was working seven days a week. I think I did about over a hundred hours in, you know, three or four weeks, just coaching, 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 helping people get ready for the upcoming recruitment cycles. Uh, for example, consulting, investment banking, and also helping people with mock interviews. And I realized that you know, this need was something that needed to be greater than just my time. And there was a, compass- a capacity constraint in that I only had so many hours and energy. And I love putting passion into helping students. And you, know, you can't do 10 hours a day with someone because it's just not effective for, for both people, for the client and the coach. So I thought I would take a step back and you know, I finished these packages that I worked on with, with the students that I, I was helping. And I said, I'm going to help scale this and grow this. And I'll have the coaches do the service part so we can really make this bigger and fulfill our mission to help anyone, no matter where they come from and where they want to go. So our coaches and how I look um, you know, for a coach and what we look for is number one, um, I think the biggest thing is the coach has to have um, almost like a proof of concept. They have to have a success metric. And that main success metric is either that they interned or they are incoming or they're working at 
a very um, sought after uh, prestigious company. I would say a majority of our students are pursuing the very popular industries, especially from business schools. And I'd say the acronym, a good acronym for that is ABC. So accounting, banking or investment banking or finance, and then consulting. So those are the three things we look for first in industry specific coaches. And then, you know, either utilizing my internal network that I've built through my student organization, just reaching out to people and networking, and then also reaching out to people on LinkedIn. So we first started off with a few coaches in a few different industries, ranging from companies like Boston Consulting Group, Bain & Company, McKinsey, Goldman Sachs, Microsoft, Disney, companies like that. And then we really wanted to make sure that, you know, each coach uh, had enough time to really provide value for the clients. And then we just slowly started to scale as we got more demand from our clients. And I would say, you know, if I'm looking on LinkedIn, for, for instance, I'm looking for a coach at a top company. There are hundreds, if not thousands of people there. So I would say the biggest metric we look for when I kind of do a soft interview with them to see if they'd be a good fit for the company is, are they passionate about this? Are they doing this just to make a quick buck? Or do they really want to, you know, are they passionate about it? Or do they really want to help? others and kind of get people out of their ruts and get them to where they want to go. So that's really the biggest thing for our coaches is, is passion to help and give back because all our coaches are on a great track in terms of their career. They're starting at a great company. We want to make sure they can give back and help others kind of get on that track. AJ, I, I really enjoy you bringing up the passion piece there. So I think that's, I mean, that's really key as far as, you know, enjoying what you do, whether it's from the, the coaching end or from, the people who are, are being coached, right? And what they're looking to get into is as far as the workforce. Um, one of the pieces that you mentioned, especially talking about your, your capacity there is that you realized that the need was far beyond what you were able to do as a singular individual. I think that's, that's incredibly important and it's fantastic that you were able to get to that point instead of just continuing to pile more onto your plate. Hmm. Um, thinking about your experience, right? Beta Sigma Teak, like, is there anything that you could draw on that, you know, might've taught you while you were a collegiate that once you reach that certain point, it's important to bring others into the fold or ask for that help that you need? Yeah, I would say the, the biggest example or the best example I can give was my time, you know, really running and leading the Latino Business Student Association of LBSA at USC. And I remember vividly that I brought on a team of about uh, five board members to help with day to day and to help just, you know, run this organization that had triple digit membership. And the type of leader that I was at the time is that I tried to do everything on my own. I'm an extremely hard worker. I want to lead by example. But I remember it was the first week of school was we had involvement week, we had to table and our whole goal was to get more members into the organization to help more students. And I was, I felt like I was drowning, not only in work, but just work for this organization. And I knew that the capacity was that I could not do everything on my own. And, you know, at the time I was not okay with not, you know, raising a white flag, but really saying that you can't do everything on your own to run a successful organization or business, which is why you need to bring other people who are like-minded and passionate who can come in and help with, you know, either, you know, think through the strategy or help the day-to-day operation. So that's when I really learned to, to look for other people to help with that and to delegate. And I think delegation is a huge part of leadership. And I think, you know, delegation might get a bad rap in saying that I'm going to, you know, sit back and you're going to do all the work. But I think, you know, great delegation is where you play to people's strengths and you really run and kind of lift the, the tide of the ship by having everyone really work on something that they're great at to, you know, fulfill your mission of helping others. 
I think that's fantastic. I mean, really what you're, you're hitting on there are some of the mantras that, that we teach and, and coach on when you attend Teak Leadership Academy. Um, some, of that, some of that servant leadership piece there and, and the delegation piece and the difference between trying to pawn off work and making sure that people are doing what's best for the organization and the strategy behind it. So, I mean, that's, that's just fantastic. So we talked a little bit about obviously what went into you deciding to make the decision to create this company. We've talked a little bit about, you know, the coaches and designing that team, you know, let's, let's start talking about what is it as far as the resources that you guys uh, actually offer there at career coaching company. Absolutely. That's a great question. So I would say that, you know, when I was starting to help people and I was actually coaching students, every time I work with someone, they'd said, where did you learn this? You know, how did you know that? Are you sure this is right? Where did you get this from? And it really wasn't anything that I necessarily read online or maybe I learned in a book, but it was just from personal experience. And I realized that me being a few years older than let's say a freshman or a sophomore or a junior going for, let's say an internship, I have the experience and I can talk about what it's like to really be in the interview. A lot of people talk about high level, an interview might do you know, this or might go this way, but if I can talk in a real sense, for instance, Disney, how I got the offer and I interned at Disney, I can tell you exactly what it was like to you know, interview for a Fortune 100 company, what are some of the best practices that I used to prepare and that I was successful for. And I realized that, again, there's a constraint in that I only had so many interviews and got so many offers. But if we can scale this with multiple coaches from different schools across the world who have been in their own different recruitment cycles, there's so much knowledge to be shared. So I would say just experience is one of the main things that we offer. And then also, again, not trying to say anything bad about uh, just simply a, a career center at schools. For instance, USC had a career center and it's very helpful and you know, very grateful to have gone and, and got some good advice from them. But I would say the hardest thing about taking advice from someone from the career center is that the career centers are professionals who work for the school, but for the most part, they've never worked in the industry. So if I'm trying to pursue consulting and I'm asking them, what is a case interview like for Boston Consulting Group, right? I've read things online, I've read a book, but what is it like? They can't really tell you what it's like because they're just talking about it in general terms. So that's where we come in, our coaches who let's say are working at Boston Consulting Group, they can tell you exactly, you know, the caliber and, and the level of difficulty for the coaches or for the cases that you have to perform for the interview and how to prepare, what to focus on. And I think that is the uh, the resources that our students really love to learn and, and hear. And I think it's super successful and very effective to get them not only the interview, but to get them the offer for the internship or the job. Yeah, so, I mean, what I'm getting there is, is you guys have the ability, right, to add a personal touch, and you use the example of a career center, you guys have the ability to add that personal touch that extends far beyond just some of those basics as far as being a professional or trying to go into an interview for the first time, right? You guys have real life examples, whether it's you or another one of the coaches that you can share to help ensure the success of the participant who's going in or trying this, whether it's for the first time or the second or third. Um, and it just puts them into a, a you know, significantly better position as opposed to probably a majority of people, right, who are applying for whether it's that internship or, or that job. Um, and you, you brought up internships there. Let's move into a little bit of the, the tricks and tips here. So talking internships, what are some things that you would share with, with our guys out there as far as things to keep in mind, things that are going to help set you up for success when going for maybe it's that first internship or maybe it's the second one and you're looking to take it to the next level? 
Absolutely. So I would, I would say that a huge misconception with getting great jobs and great internships is that it starts junior and senior year. Of course, there are transfer students. I was a transfer student. And when you come in, you don't have that much time to figure it out. So again, we provide that guidance and those resources. But if I can offer any advice, especially to the students out there that may be younger, is the first one to two years are not the time to you know, necessarily just enjoy college, enjoy the social life, but really to slowly dive into recruitment, start to apply to jobs, to internships, try to understand what a recruitment cycle, can you put yourself into a recruitment strategy and start networking. I would say the most organic and effective networking is not done a week before the application deadline when you're a senior going for a full-time job, but it's early freshman, sophomore year when you can reach out and, and they know that you're not eligible yet for a position. But if you're reaching out this early, it's a very organic way to meet people. And I think networking and LinkedIn is such an amazing resource, especially during this time with this pandemic. So many people are working from home and I always see those posts on LinkedIn um, offering, you know, reach out to me if you have, if you have any questions, you know, any advice. So I would say network early and start learning about going to different recruitment events, seeing what the timeline's like, when the deadlines are, and then my second and biggest piece of advice is do a analysis on your own application. So if you look, for instance, at your resume, I would say the four main points in which you get graded on. Uh, number one is your school. So of course, if you're currently at the at a school, you can't try to make it better or or worse, right? You're at that school um, and you try to you know be at the best school. Number two is your GPA. A lot of people think that now you're at at college, even if it's a great school, that GPA doesn't matter. I would say it's extremely important, especially to get that first round interview. So I think a good uh, train of thought is 3.5 and above out of 4.0 is a great um, kind of average, I would say. But if you can get really competitive, 3.7, 3.8, you can really get in the door for some of the most sought after and competitive uh, positions. Third is getting involved on campus. Most people think it's just internship experience and job experience. But getting involved is so important because so many questions come up in interviews and they're about leadership and teamwork and conflict and organization. And the best stories are through involvement. I can tell from personal experience that my biggest talking point when I was interviewing for positions was actually how I you know, launched and was the president of the LBSA. I was also on the Marshall Case team. And what we did is we actually competed against the other top business schools and actually traveled to compete. And I would say being involved is different than being a member. So if you think about being a member, a member does not do anything other than show up. They don't, are not part of the strategy. They're not on the executive board and they're really there as just another piece to this giant puzzle. But you wanna be there not as a piece of the puzzle, but the one actually setting the pieces and creating this strategy or this puzzle. So I always say that it's better to be involved in a few things, but be the leader as in president, VP, director, manager, versus being a, a general member in 10, 20 organizations. So it's super important to get in, getting involved and get involved early. And the fourth uh, and final piece of kind of looking at your application is trying to get great work experience. A lot of students think that, you know, in the summer, it's great to work, let's say a, a minimum wage job, being a server, being a buster, working at a clothing store, things like that. And that's all great. And I've been a server and a waiter and a buster at a multitude of restaurants as well back in the day. But I would say what companies are really looking for is have you worked at other companies? And I've also worked unpaid internships. I've worked at startups. I've worked at you know large companies. And internships early on 
are what get you great jobs. So every internship is just a stepping stone to get to the next level and the next level is where you want to go. So the last piece of advice is in those summer or even during the year, if you can balance your schedule for classes, really get involved with companies. And I'd say startups are the easiest to reach out to because they probably don't have a recruitment team. It's maybe five, 10, you know, 20 employees and reach out, um, offer help, offer, um, you know, ways to take off their load. And I would say that, you know, interning is a great stepping stone to getting a great job. Those are some fantastic points there, especially the, you know, not just being a member and being a leader in, in whatever it is that you can do, right, to make, to make the difference and being a part of that, that strategy. Mm -hmm. um, I think that a lot of our members could, can relate to that just in the Teak sense, right, of, you know, just being a member of Teak and being a leader in Teak and help furthering the mission are two completely different things. And so taking a look at that and doing that, you know, self-analysis there that you mentioned, whether it's on a personal front, Teak front, or like, you know, we were just talking about with, with going for that internship, it's going to help put you in a better position and get you to the places that, that you really want to go. And Absolutely. I would say that, you know, some people are just better at academics, right? They can walk into an exam, basically cold turkey, and let's say ace the exam. Other people maybe work hard and they just can't perform in class. So I would say the best area in which you can really shine and outperform others is being involved on campus. And if you think about recruitment as this extremely competitive environment, especially with this pandemic, there are fewer positions because fewer jobs are hiring and more people are applying to them because more people are unemployed or laid off from work. I would say the best way to showcase your talent is through leadership on campus. And if you think about, let's just talk about USC because I, I attended USC. If you are interviewing for a company and there are 50 to 100 other people interviewing from USC, everyone is gonna say member, right? They're a member of these large organizations, but there are only so many leadership and board positions and you wanna be the person leading the other members. And again, not everyone is a born leader. Not everyone wants to take that number one spot as president, but still being involved, being more than a member and being maybe a director and helping out with let's say marketing is super effective and helpful to talk about in interviews. Yeah, what you're talking about there is, is the opportunity to, to really challenge yourself, right? Like you said, not everybody is necessarily born at a natural born leader, but you, know, you being at USC, you were afforded opportunities, right, to take advantage of that and challenge yourself and put yourself in those scenarios where you're going to grow and you're going to develop skills that put you ahead of the competition. So I think, I think that's fantastic. And I'm really, really glad that you guys are able to share that with a you know, multitude of students all, all around the country at this point. Um, I'd like to get to, which I would probably say is the, the hot question, the question of the interview, which is jobs in a pandemic in helping prepare uh, whether it's, you know, I know you work with a multitude of students, guys and girls, you know, wh what does it look like with helping prepare these students for entering the workforce in the midst of a pandemic? That, that's definitely the million dollar question. And I would say, again, a problem today is that many people think that because the pandemic, because people are losing their jobs, because the economy is not where it was, you know, a few months or where it was in the pre-pandemic levels, that there are no companies hiring. I would say it's not the case in that if you look at, for instance, the stock market or just read the, the business news, there are certain companies that are doing better now that the pandemic happened. Two very obvious examples I would say is Zoom video, right? We're using Zoom right now and every quarter they have blowout earnings. And then second of all, Amazon. 
everyone is kind of staying at home quarantining, which you know hopefully they, they should be to to you know really um, help bring down the the COVID levels outside. But everything you're ordering, everything from your house, right? So Amazon, I, I think I saw the recent article saying that they're hiring a hundred thousand workers. So of course there are certain industries. I would say the restaurant industry, aviation, any service-based um, industry, they were the hardest hit. However, there are certain industries, especially I would say big tech, everything that is telecommuting, things like Zoom, Slack, companies like that, that are actually doing better and they're hiring more interns, more full-time people. So first, you know, try to make a roadmap and, and see what companies are hiring versus what companies are freezing their hiring. And then second, think how can I you know, get into this organization. I would say first and foremost, before you apply, you should reach out to people and ask for best practices. I can try to give you a roadmap in terms of how to do it, but the person who's gonna have the best practices are the people who are past interns at Zoom, for instance. Um, so once you reach out to them, ask them for general advice. Don't be afraid to tell them about yourself. When they ask you, how's everything going? Never just say, good, how are you? Good, good, and then ask questions. You really want to break the ice and talk about what you, what's going on with, with you, with your life, and kind of where you want to go. People, even though I would say a lot of people think networking is a bad thing and it's showing weakness and asking for help, I would say that people love helping others and people love sharing best practices, especially that people feel very fortunate that they're employed when other people are getting laid off. So number step one is network, reach out to the companies that you applied to. And then step two is that when you do apply, and let's say you get that interview, don't treat it as any other interview. Research the company, research the current events. If it's a public company, look for what the stock price is doing. Is it doing well? Is it doing poorly? What are the biggest challenges, some potential solutions? And then look at the job application or the internship application and tailor what they're looking for to your life. So of course, if they're talking about a certain candidate, I'm not saying to lie about you being that type of candidate, but what I am saying is that they're talking about, you know, the three main skills uh, or the three main qualities of an ideal candidate. And you can embody those types of qualities through maybe two on-campus involvements in your past internship, then talk about that, right? Show that you did your research, that you know what the mission is of the company, and maybe they went through a recent acquisition. So I would say that, you know, getting an interview and then getting an offer, it's not as simple as just showing up but it's so important to do more work than the next candidate because it's extremely competitive. Yeah, that, that tailoring piece, right, of, like you said, it's, it's not to lie. It's looking to highlight the aspects that you have to offer that show that you're the ideal fit. And I think having the coaches available, right, that, that you all offer to, you know, whether it's Disney or, or Goldman Sachs, like, it's going to look different. Sure, there are pieces that are the same, but like you're saying, there are, there are key things in there that you can highlight that are going to make you shine as the individual over, over others. Uh, I got to ask you, I know you said that you are, you're working towards being full-time in a different consulting position and, and you're in the position of CEO right now at, at your company that you've started, mm -hmm. you know, what is the future hold here? What's going to be the end goal? You're already talking about working, you know, a hundred hours a week and, and being at capacity. Are we going to be able to keep this up once you're, you're full-time at another company? What are, what are you thinking? That's, that's a great question. I would say, you know, coming from interning for multiple companies and then now being, you know, the CEO and the founder of this, you know, essentially a startup in this company where it's, it's honestly a blast. Even though it might be long hours, there's nothing more exciting than helping someone 
tailoring, you know, what they're doing, getting them, let's say an offer and getting those success story, text messages and emails that they got the position. But I would say looking at long-term and any great leader has to build a strategy for not necessarily succession planning, but what happens in the next, you know, month or two months, quarter, year, whatever it may be. And, you know, we talked about bringing on a team before that it's super important to really talk about, you know, what happens next. And we actually brought on two business directors that help with both the operations and marketing side of the business. And then second, and this is one of the coolest parts about this business, given that I've been an intern in the past, is we actually brought on a business development intern. So now coming from interning very recently, only a few months ago, I was an intern at Disney to now having, you know, an intern on our team that I, you know, oversee and I make sure that, you know, I could provide value for our intern. It's very unique. And I'm really training our intern and our team to continue to build out our mission, to provide value and be effective for our clients. And when I do start my full-time job in consulting uh, in the next year in 2021, I'm definitely not going to take a completely hands-off approach. I'm definitely going to be there almost as someone on the sideline, but someone's still at the game. So yes, people might run the day-to-day operations, but I'll be there whenever I can when I'm not on the clock. Maybe if it's you know early morning before I start work, late at night or on the weekends, because I generally do still want to be a part of it. And I know that this mission to be built out and be successful, we just have to continue to help people and get our numbers up so we can provide more value for students across the world. That's awesome, man. I mean, talk about coming full circle with being the intern, you know, having ideas come to fruition and now y'all have your own intern, right? With, with your yeah. organization. That's, that's gotta be the, the icing on the cake there, I'd imagine, right? Absolutely. And also our interns actually, um, I actually met our intern. He was in Beta Sigma at Teak at USC as well. So that definitely comes full circle. And, you know, my goal being, you know, the overseer, or someone who manages our intern and works very closely with our intern is that I want to make sure it's super valuable for him. And I think the best way to provide value is to look back at my past. I've worked at an intern at four different companies, you know, ranging from very small to very large companies. And I can look and, and see what the pros and cons were of every single internship, not just the scope of work, but also how my direct, you know, supervisor or manager, how they led and what was most effective. Some managers were super hands-on, other managers were hands-off and it was more individual work. So, you know, meeting uh, frequently, we meet two or three times a week with our intern and making sure that every day, every week, every project, there is a goal in mind. Yes, you know, we don't tell our intern all the answers, but we have the, the wiggle room to really provide value even as an intern. That's awesome, man. Well, I know, I know you're an incredibly busy man and you've been on here for, for a little bit with us already. So I'll, I'll give you an opportunity here as we, as we go to close it out. You know, what are, the, what are the last closing sentiments here that you'd like to share with everybody, all of our listeners out there? Yeah, I would say the last piece of advice that I, I would like to share with everyone that I think would be super helpful is getting involved. You know, again, getting involved is not just being a member, but being more than a member. And I think the, the most effective way to get offers is to think of yourself in the interviewer's shoes. And if you're in the interviewer's shoes, you have thousands upon thousands of applications. Once you get to the interview round, right, the funnel starts to close, but there are still tons of qualified candidates. So what is going to be your personal branding? What is going to be that one, two, or three things that's going to get you from 
being a candidate to being an employee or an intern at the company. And of course, I don't have the answer for everyone because everyone has a unique and diverse background. Even if you don't think so, look back on your life and try to find that, that secret sauce or that secret piece. But again, think of this because you will get branded going through the process, whether you brand yourself or whether you know, the employer brands you. But what is going to be, when you walk out of the interview, what is the employer or the interview going to say when they talk about it with their leadership team about the type of person that you are? And it's more than just a two-digit number as a GPA, but really what you bring to the table, the type of person you are, and the experience that you bring. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you've mentioned uh, a lot of great things uh, in our time together today. And I think one piece as we, as we end here that is going to be super important is that for our listeners that this has sparked something and, and they want to get in touch with you and they want to talk more about this, whether it's starting their own company or, or heck, they, they could use some career coaching themselves. H- how should you know, our guys or other students out there get in touch with you? Absolutely. So kind of the first part of the question, I would say if you want to reach out to me, it doesn't only have to be to you know, really be a, a client for our business, but more importantly, if you want to start something on your own, or I've had people reach out to me who want to start their own student organization, whether it's at USC or Harvard or any other school, I'm happy to talk about the best practices, things I learned, things I failed at to make sure that you don't fall into those same holes. So if you want to talk about career, uh, starting your own business, anything that you think I could be helpful for, I'm always happy to chat. The best way to reach out to me um, is just at our company email. So it's info, I-N-F-O, at careercoachingcompany.com. That's our email. And then if you want to go to our website to learn more about CCC, um, it's just www.careercoachingcompany.com. As well, um, our LinkedIn, you can just look up Career Coaching Company, our our company name. On LinkedIn, we're very active. We always post about upcoming webinars, different events we have, speaker series, things like that. We're very active and uh, feel free to reach out to us. And myself, one of our team members, will get back to you soon. And we really hope that we can provide value and help you know, shed light during these really uh, tough times with the pandemic and everything going on. Well, AJ, I sincerely appreciate you taking the time out to, to hop on here with us and, and share just the wealth of knowledge that, that you've gained with, with our listeners. Um, to Teak Nation, I hope you guys got something out of this. I hope you were able to, to have some successful thoughts, think about your future, and think about the ways that perhaps career coaching company can help you. Broaders, I love the fraternity. Yeah.